The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, and here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics, and Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network. They are two of the best, I'd say very best, fantasy football rankers in the world. In this episode, we're highlighting the players at the top of our Week 15 rankings in the Fantasy Tool at Action Network. We're discussing the guys we're high and low on and looking at how they do in our Fantasy Labs models and as always, we're speculating on some player props. Week 15, uh, it, it feels good. We're solidly in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, we're starting to get those late season NFL games on Saturday. Uh, I love those. When we reach that point in the season where I see those games on the schedule, I know we are almost home. Uh, Sean and Chris, congratulations to both of you on getting your fantasy rankings in on time this week. Uh, looking forward to diving in to those uh, in just a second. First, I have a couple of notes. One, uh, it's almost basketball season. So we will be adjusting the podcast schedule. Next week, we're having an NBA betting show for the Christmas Day slate. Uh, we're also going to have a weekly NBA episode starting in January. For college football fans, Stucky and Colin will be releasing their annual five-part preview, breaking down every single bowl game, literally every game, all the way to the national championship. And of course, we will continue with the Fantasy Flex every week to the Super Bowl. All of that is great, but it is not nearly as great as the Action Network Podcast Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. It is a free tournament on Yahoo for listeners. You can join by clicking the link in the show description. Each week, the top 10 finishers get over $1,000 in Action Network prizes, and the top five advance to the wildcard weekend grand finale, where their winner will get a grand prize Las Vegas trip for two, valued at $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join for free every week. Click on the link in the episode description to join. All right, gentlemen, let's look at our fantasy rankings. Caveat to everyone remembering we are recording this early in the week. We have just finished our rankings. I am sure that they will change. But right now, the guys at the top of our rankings, we have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Sean, I am going to kick it to you first. Who is a quarterback that you are high on for week 15? It's time to get back on the Kyler Murray train. He, he seems to be over this shoulder injury that he suffered in week 11. I mean, not only did it limit his passing, uh, you know, he failed to throw for over 200 yards in weeks 12 and 13, but it also seemed to, to limit his rushing. Uh, he failed to clear 20 yards in weeks 12, 13 as well. So, you know, last week it was pretty good to see he, he threw for 244 yards and uh, rushed for 47 um, despite the blowout. So I think this week uh, against the Eagles, you know, we're, we're more likely to see his true overall you know, number one ceiling here. So uh, I think at 7K on DK, he certainly makes sense. 
Um, he, he's pretty easy to find a stacking partner in DeAndre Hopkins. So I think I'll have uh, a lot more Kyler Murray this week in GPPs than I have in the previous few weeks. And then it goes without saying on the other side of the ball that Jalen Hurts uh, will be a popular play at 5,900. The, the problem with Hurts is it, it's going to be tough to find a stacking partner for GPP. So if I do use him, I might be creative and just go with naked Hurts here because uh, there's there's no way in telling who he's going to throw his one touchdown to. Uh, but he has enough rushing upside. I think he's, he's worth playing in GPPs as well. Sean, I am with you on Hertz, uh, embarrassingly so. Right now, I'm looking at our rankings, and I'm going to have to adjust this. But that said, I don't know if I'm going to. I just might be bold. I have him number two overall. <laughs> uh, and it's, I mean, it's ridiculous to have him that high. But at the same time, he had 50% of the Eagles carries last week. Now, like, that's not projectable moving forward. But even if you bring that down to, you know, like 30%, 35%, I mean, I think we're looking at a quarterback who has great rushing ability and is sufficient enough as a passer. And we've seen that before. That was rookie year, Lamar Jackson. That was rookie year, Josh Allen. And that player can be a top five fantasy quarterback. Uh, And we saw that last week with 106 yards rushing for Jalen Hurts. So I know I'm going to have to adjust this down, but I mean, that's it. Like, I feel like he's got to be at least in the the top six, but I, I mean, I honestly don't feel horrible about him at number two. Like I know that's ridiculously aggressive, but uh, I, I think he he belongs because of the rushing ability. He belongs in the top six for sure. Rayvon, who are you high on? I mean, I, th- I thought I was high on Jalen Hurts, um, but obviously you are much higher. I I, I love Jalen Hurts. I'm high. I'm yeah. high. Yes. Uh, uh, and and strong with the naked hurts. I mean, there's just there's a lot to follow up here. But uh, I, you know, I think you know for cash games. I mean, we've not only seen this, you know, as you mentioned, Freeman with you know guys, you know guys last year, but we've seen this with Taysom Hill. I mean, it's just guys who can run the football at the quarterback position uh, are just so much more valuable. So um, Jalen Hurts, love him. I think Ryan Tannehill is a guy you could still look at. You know, I know he's. Um, coming off some kind of so-so weeks, but Detroit is 30th in pass defense, DVOA. Tannehill still has a ton of playmakers. Uh, and I think this is another one of those weeks where, you know, this Tennessee offense uh, is just going to score a ton of points. Tannehill is an extremely high floor option because you look at what he's done, 19 multi-touchdown games and 23 starts as a Titan, just because their red zone offense is so uh, efficient. So you get the high floor week in, week out. Uh, but you also get a high ceiling just because of this offense and going against a, a bottom tier uh, Detroit defense. So uh, like Tannehill as well, but uh, for cash games, I think Hertz is, is the right call. All right, Chris, uh, who are you low on at quarterback for week 15? Looking at the, you know, pricing, I think that uh, a couple of guys that stand out, number one, uh, you still have Tom Brady kind of up in the top, uh, what, seven or eight. You know, I think this Atlanta defense uh, is improved. You know, they've given up around 20 points per game since Raheem Morris took over for Dan Quinn. And we saw Tem- uh, Tampa Bay kind of come out of the break and uh, expected a little bit more against that Minnesota defense. It didn't happen. So he's one of those quarterbacks with uh, lack of a ru- rushing rushing ability that uh, I just wouldn't trust. And Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, I think, you know, he's got the rushing ability, so you don't worry about him quite as much. But Going on the road against Indianapolis's defense, which I think is kind of back to where it, it needs to be. Watson, the, the lack of playmakers are just going to start to, you know, it, we knew it was going to start to bite them. And I think this uh, Colts defense is a similar quality to the Chicago Bear defense, uh, which gave Watson a, a ton of problems last week. The Colts are number 
uh, six in pass defense DVO, which is actually better than the Bears, who are number 10 uh, on defense. So uh, a little bit worried about Deshaun as well. Sean, what are your thoughts here? Who are you low on for week 15? I'm low on Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he he's 5700. I think people will be tempted to take him at that price. Um, he's coming off his best game of the season, so his best game of his career. Um, you know, but he was forced to throw a ton against the Chiefs in sort of comeback mode most of the game. So he ended up with 316 yards and three touchdowns. Um, but more importantly, he he potentially lost Mike Gesicki for this week and beyond. Um, it remains to be seen if Devontae Parker or Jakeem Grant will be able to play this week. So, you know, he's sort of left with six to seven running back slash wide receiver hybrids this week, potentially. So I, I could just see this being a very conservative game plan, closer to the line of scrimmage, um, limiting his upside. And, you know, I think Bill Belichick may be able to come up with a, a game plan that throws him off as well and force him to make some rookie mistakes. So I'm just going to be off of Tua, despite, you know, encourage what I saw last week that he can have that ceiling game I've been waiting for, but uh, this week I'll be fading in DFS. Okay. Uh, one guy, and I, I feel dirty even saying this, but one guy I'm relatively low on uh, is Patrick Mahomes this week. And, and that means I have him as like a mid-range QB1 instead of like an uber elite top two quarterback this week. And, you know, like a good chance I'm probably just flat out wrong. Like maybe there should just be a blanket rule that Mahomes should always be ranked in the the top two or top three, and then you just kind of move on with your life. But a lot of this has to do with the matchup. The Saints are one of the top teams in pass defense DVOA. Mahomes is on the road, and opposing quarterbacks are number 29 versus the Saints in fantasy scoring. So the combination of those things, and then looking at some of the other quarterbacks in this slate, like, Josh Allen. Uh, I think I'd rather have Josh Allen this week. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Sean, you mentioned Kyler Murray. There are just other quarterbacks that I have just a little bit ahead of Mahomes this week. So uh, it's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous kind of thing to be like I'm I'm fading Mahomes this week because that's a, a surefire way to look like a moron. But I'm just not as enthusiastic about him this week as I am most weeks. Sean, uh, you are going to give us the quarterback prop uh, everyone be sure to check out the fantasy labs player prop tool where the props with a bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two years. When player props are posted, you can bet them at bet MGM. Sean, give us the quarterback prop. So we're sticking with Jalen hurts this week because, you know, uh, I threw this out there last week. I think it was in the high thirties. And if he ended up with say 45 yards rushing, I would just move on to the next guy, but uh, he ran for 108 yards against the saints defense and now he faces the Cardinals this week so we're gonna have to reset his line here um I it sounds like I can't set it high enough for you two uh but I'm gonna go with an over under of 64 and a half rushing yards uh, I mean I'm, I'm taking the over you know like I I feel this is kind of like Lamar Jackson territory yeah. where you know last year it was impossible early in the season for books to set the number high enough and they were you know step like gradually stepping it up but they were just getting killed on the over each week. And I think that's just the way it is with Jalen Hurts right now, where, I mean, and Raybon, I think, talked about this on the show last week, where pretty much every time the throw isn't there for him right away, he's just pulling the ball down and taking off and running. You know, like he's running on a ridiculous number of his dropbacks. It's not even necessarily designed runs. So as long as that is the case, you know, I'm going to be taking the over on his rushing prop. Where do you have it at right now? 
I mean, it's embarrassing. I don't want to say. Is there an eight in yes, front of it? There's an eight okay, in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go over slightly. I think it like I think that's a high line. I but I have it around 70. Um, and it's something I'll probably have to fiddle with throughout the week. But it's tough because you know, Friedman mentioned the scrambling ability, which I did talk about last week. Um, but I'm looking at his numbers now, and he actually did have 10 design runs. So, you know, it's it's we have a one-game sample size of him as a starting quarterback. He has 10 design runs. Now, you know, the scramble percentage on the year, he's scrambling on about 17% of his drop back. So even if the design runs drop because they're in more passing situations, then you expect the scrambles to, to rise. So I think we can expect uh, definitely double-digit rush attempts. Uh, I have him around 13 right now. That's extremely high for a quarterback. That's two more than I have for Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I'm going over, and he could go way over. But, uh, yeah, it comes down to the fact that he's scrambling on over 15% of his dropbacks, and he, he's getting essentially like a third of the design runs, uh, if not more. Yeah, so I just saw if I give him 13 half carries as opposed to my 10 and a half, he jumps yeah. up to uh, QB4. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, he just, he just went to my QB three. Yeah, that's, always, that's what it is. That's what it is. Well, yeah. To this day, still underestimate you know rushing stats for quarterbacks. Right. So, and uh, to be honest, I don't really have him doing much passing either. So, um, it, it's so tight up there that yeah, if, if Friedman, if you have eighty yards rushing, it's not too crazy uh, to have him ranked number two. Yeah, and it might be unreasonable to have him with eighty-ish right. yards rushing. That's the real question, but. I honestly don't know if it is based on what we saw out of him last week and just based on what we saw out of him in college, the type of player he is uh, and what we've seen out of quarterbacks who are similar to him uh, and what they've done. I, I don't know if it's that unrealistic. So, like his floor last week was getting benched for Wentz, right? That's yes. gone now. Yeah. So that that's why he's such a high floor, high ceiling player. Is we don't, uh, at least for this week, I don't think we have to worry about him getting benched for Wentz. All right, let's, uh, uh, let's look at the running backs at the top of the action network rankings. Uh, and I'm going to be looking at the half PPR. Number one, we have Derrick Henry. Number two, Dalvin Cook. Number three, Austin Eckler. Raybon, kicking it to you first here. Who is a running back or a couple of running backs for week 15 that you are high on? First of all, Cam Akers obviously gets a huge jump. You know, he's going against a tough Jets defense, but, uh, you know, the way he controls that backfield against the Patriots, uh, you know, I think we have to start thinking about him as a, uh, you know, a much like a kind of an RB2-ish, you know, maybe RB1 kind of running back at this stage of the uh, of the game. Uh, I think also Ronald Jones, you know, if he's healthy, um, you know, with Fournette getting scratched last week, we'll see a lot more of Ronald Jones. Now he did have, he does have the finger issue. So maybe that's not great for his, you know, PPR uh, ceiling. Cause you know, I, I thought he was going to get more catches last week. I bet the overrun is one and a half props. And of course he ends with one reception, but um, you know, I think that was a really good sign that Fournette uh, was getting scratched in, you know, in favor of, uh, of Jones. And he got an 80, it was like 82% of the carries last week. So uh, Ronald Jones as well. Okay. I just, I have to say one, I was scared that you might take acres nor I never go first. I almost went first just because I wanted to be able to talk about acres before uh, either one of, of you guys did. Uh, so one, I should have listened to, uh, to my, my inner, my inner self there Two, uh, I think it looks like Ronald Jones has had a surgery on his broken pinky. 
Uh, we don't know. I mean, surgery, that could kind of mean anything. And it doesn't seem as if it was all that major of an injury. So it looks like there's the possibility as a recording that he could still play this week, but uh, definitely something to monitor there. Because if, if he doesn't play, then, you know, there are the questions as to whether it's Leonard Fournette, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn finally gets a shot and who knows, but uh, let's, let's talk about Cam Akers. This is, I, I have him number four. I know that's ridiculous. I'm going to have to adjust that down, but is it actually ridiculous? He's a massive home favorite versus the Jets. Raymond, as you mentioned, he has totally seized control of the Rams backfield. Over the past two weeks, he has basically been Derrick Henry. Like I, I know that sounds like a ridiculous exaggeration, but if you look at what they've done over the past two weeks, Cam Akers has 50 carries, three receptions, 288 yards. Derrick Henry has 41 carries, three receptions, 291 yards. I mean, almost no one over the past two weeks, and you could even extend it out to three weeks, has really matched the workload that Akers has had. Uh, and, and then given the matchup, the situation is a home favorite, massive home favorite. I mean, we could be looking at 120 yards and multiple touchdowns. Like that's, that's aggressive, but that's well within the realm of possibility given the situation. So I am extremely bullish on Cam Akers this week. It, it just feels like based on what has happened recently and the talent that he has, this is a massive explosion spot. Sean, who, who are you high on? And, and if you have thoughts on Akers, definitely let us know. Yeah, I like the Akers call. I think he's safe now because I think we can trust McVay, especially like you said, this matchup. I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't see 20 plus carries. I think the, the Derrick Henry um, analogy is spot on here because also, you know, you can only project them for maybe one or two <laughs> receptions. So it, it's going to basically all come from on the ground. But this matchup, certainly, uh, you know, I, I expect him to, to break 100 yards uh, here again. So love the call. Um, the, the one guy that sticks out to me on a Tuesday morning is J.D. McKissick. Uh, one, because I'm still projecting Gibson to be out this week with his toe injury. I think that was a multi-week injury for him. Um, and now having said that, you know, McKissick was way more involved in the running game than I anticipated this week without Gibson. Um, he, he saw 11 carries for um, 68 yards, I believe it was. Um, and Peyton Barber uh, racked up 12 carries. So it was a pretty even timeshare in just the carries alone. Uh, but given, you know, they were leading for most of that game and check down machine Alex Smith was forced out. McKissick only ended up with two catches. Uh, but, you know, this week against Seattle, I think this is going to be more of a McKissick game script to begin with. But, you know, if if he's seeing this many carries as well, he's going to be much more of a workhorse back than I realized um, in this matchup against the Seahawks. So at 5,700, I love him here. And, and the other guy, just real quick, is Matt Breida at 4K. Um, and, and in season long leagues, you know, he's, he could be on the waiver wire in some leagues. Uh, we don't really know how this dolphins, um, depth chart is going to sort out this week, but he could emerge from the rubble and become, you know, the workhorse back this week, uh, seeing what's up with, uh, Salvan Ahmed and, uh, others. So, you know, Brita is a guy to not sleep on. He could end up being, you know, RB three flex, um, in one of the most important weeks in fantasy. So make sure he's not available uh, until we find out more. Okay, Sean, uh, I'm curious who you are low on, but but before we get to that, I do want to know who you're low on. I'm looking at the rankings, and one guy we've been high on uh, for a good chunk of the season, especially you, Rayvon. Uh, Rayvon, you have James Robinson at number two. 
Sean, you have him at number nine. I have him at number 14. Uh, he's, you know, the guy that I'm fairly low on at the position this week. Sean, what are your thoughts on Robinson? Oh, yeah, I have him eight. And I always feel like you, you can never rank him too high. Uh, he always exceeds expectations. But this week at Baltimore, that does seem like a tough spot. Um, and I think, you know, a guy like Jonathan Taylor is now up above him. So I think there, there's just other guys. Alvin Kamara, another guy. Um, who I've ranked, you know, in uh, the the lower RB1 range, but now is, you know, back to being a borderline top five back. So I think there's just more competition. um, And Robinson has dropped a bit my rankings as a result, but I I tend to agree with Raybon and, you know, just being careful, you know, underestimating this guy. So he's still in my top 10, but I don't disagree with your logic on why, why he's outside of your top 10, Freeman. I yeah, have him at number nine too. So uh, that the three are probably just looking at they might have not updated. Like if you go on the sheet, it, he should be nine. Mm, okay, so that looking, makes more sense. Like last week was definitely disappointing. He got a touchdown run call back on a, a silly penalty by DJ Chark, not covering up the tight end. So you know it made his line look a lot worse. But still, you know this is an extremely tough matchup uh, against Baltimore, who, by the way, is you know they're, they're a desperate team, kind of fighting to get back in this playoff picture. Um, so, you know, they're not going to like take it easy. So yeah, it's, yeah. He's, he's at the kind of bottom of the top 10, but still very startable in season long. You're not, you're not benching him or anything like that. Yeah. So Sean, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on James Conner this week, which is a shame because, you know, the Steelers face the Bengals. So this, this would be a great spot to lean on James Conner. Um, I, I still think he's a low on RB two. Uh, but the, the Steelers just can't get the running game going. So, you know, Connor went for 10 carries and 18 yards in his return last week. Uh, what was even more concerning was his lack of receiving work. Uh, he failed to secure a pass. And, you know, it looked like Jalen Samuels is the main pass catching back now. So that severely limits Connor's upside here. Um, it, it Just like I said, this should be a smash spot for Connor, but he's a – you know, untrustworthy low end RB two. Uh, so if if you don't have any better options, you got to play him. And you know, he very well could put up RB one numbers this week. It's just a shame that he's going into this uh, with so much uncertainty. And the other guy is Damian Harris. Um, you know, this is a situation where we're gonna have to see what's up with his back injury. But either way, Sony Michelle being back and healthy could reduce his role anyway. And you know, Damian Harris, his role is very. Uh, just important to have that volume to begin with. James White dominates the passing down work and Cam Newton hogs a lot of these goal line opportunities. So Damian Harris kind of thrives on his 10 to 15 carries he sees every week. So um, with that, with that in jeopardy, um, especially fancy playoffs, he's a very low, you know, RB three flex play. So I'd be very careful with him and check the injury reports on his back injury later in the week to see if uh, we can trust him. And Sean, to your point on James Conner, uh, he has popped up on the injury report, uh, apparently has an injured quad. So uh, something that he's you know trying to play through. Uh, who knows if he actually even ends up playing this week. And if he does, certainly will be less at 100%. And it looks like, I mean, we've seen the effects of that uh, recently with his performance. Raybon, who are you low on? For me, it's got to be Todd Gurley. Uh, I mean, not only is he going against the Bucks defense, and I'll just extend this to any Falcons back but, you know, going against the Bucks defense, they're allowing 3.18 yards per carry to running backs. That's uh, a half a yard lower than any other defense in the league is allowing. And then you look at, you look at Gurley's workload last week, just 32% of the backfield carries and 33% of the routes run per dropback. So 
Um, you know, he's becoming a lesser part of that offense. Didn't really see him much in that second half against the, the Chargers. And now you're going against the toughest defense. So whether it's Gurley, whether he's benched and, you know, we get news that like Edo Smith or Hill or one of these guys is going to play. Like, it doesn't matter. It's a tough matchup. Um, but for Gurley, like, I, I just don't even think he's startable right now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely agree. Uh, painful for anyone who drafted him, uh, you know, in, in a season-long league. Uh, I mean, at this point, yeah, you, you can't start him at all. Um, mentioned earlier, James Robinson. Uh, we touched on that. Tough matchup for him and, you know, a, a big road underdog. Um, a ton of respect for him, but it's just – it's hard to be on a guy who's on a road dog that's implied for fewer than 17 points. Sean, give us the prop for running back. Uh, I mentioned him earlier, but uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, gets, you know, he he's on fire right now. It certainly looks like he's adjusted to the speed of the NFL um, back to being the top five back. I thought he could be, uh, but he faces the Texans this week. So this is a smash spot for him as well. Um, curious where you guys have his rushing yards. Uh, I, I'm going to set this line at over under 74 and a half rushing yards. I should be on the over, but I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just under, I have this around 72 and a half. Um, but honestly, I feel as if I haven't adjusted his, his recent production up enough or like his recent usage up enough. So uh, this is something I might come back to, but right now I, I will take the under. I'm going over. Uh, this is a, a great spot for him, as you mentioned, Sean. And I think uh, looking at his last three games, he's had uh, 2013 and 22 carries. Uh, that is, you know, very promising and you know, like 69, 54 and 71% of the backfield uh, carries. So that means you're, you're going to project them for six out of 10 or, or, you know, closer to two, two thirds of the, of the carries every week. And then you look at Houston's run defense. And remember, this is, we talked about this going in last week with David Montgomery and one of the, what is the first thing he does in a game? Like pop off like an 80 yard run. Yeah. Uh, Houston is allowing 5.36 yards per carry, two running backs, that is last in the league by 0.36, uh, even worse than Dallas, who's coached by Mike, no run defense, Nolan. So uh, this Houston defense is exactly the defense that you want to be starting running backs against in a fantasy playoffs. All right. Yeah, this is – it's a smash spot. I, I wish my projections were better. I should have taken the over. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Uh, okay, let's talk about the the wide receivers uh, and the guys at the top of our uh, half PPR rankings right now. Devonta Adams, Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I'm I'm going first. I'm going first. Calvin Ridley. I have him number one, uh, which is aggressive. But I'm assuming no Julio Jones uh, because of the hamstring injury. He didn't practice at all last week, and so I'm you know kind of skeptical that he's going to play this week. So right now, projecting he does not play. Uh, I think that means Ridley gets a ton of targets and I'm not sure that Carlton Davis can keep up with him. Now Davis is a good cornerback, but we saw him get absolutely decimated by Tyreek Hill. And that's not to say that Ridley is like Tyreek Hill, but I think he's faster uh, than Carlton Davis, uh, faster as a wide receiver than what Carlton Davis typically deals with. So 
I still think it's an okay situation for him. And really, this is all about the volume. Uh, in his five career games without Julio, Ridley has 10.8 targets per game and 102.2 yards. In his 16 career games with eight targets, uh, and this is coming from a, a tweet by old friend Ian Harditz, in 16 career games with eight-plus targets, Ridley has 1,679 yards and 15 touchdowns. I think Ridley is, as long as Julio is out, is very likely to have at least a floor of eight targets. Uh, and with that, we've just seen him historically crush. So even with the tough matchup going against the Buccaneers, I still think it's a pretty good spot for him. So I am on Ridley all over this week as long as he uh, is playing without Julio Jones. Sean, who do you like this week? I really like Brandon Ayuk this week and going forward uh, with, with Debo Samuel out for uh, potentially the rest of the season. So I think Ayuk's going to be a target monster this week at Dallas. You know, he saw 16 targets last week for 10 catches and 119 yards. Um, so he's wide receiver 16 for me, and I feel like I'm holding back on his projections a bit. Who knows? Later in the week, he may crack the top 12. We'll see. Um, and the other guy is Tyrone Johnson, you know, potentially um, uh, wide receiver three flex play this week against the Raiders. Um, we'll, we'll have to see, but Mike Williams, you know, he was, um, he, he had to leave the game early due to a back injury. I think the fact that the, uh, the uh, Chargers play on Thursday um, increases the chances Mike Williams won't be ready this week. So Tyrone Johnson, um, you know, he looked really, you know, He's looked good all season, uh, just as the deep threat. It seems like every other week he catches one pass for 50 yards. Um, but when he replaced Mike Williams, he ran a very complete route tree. Um, he saw six catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. So I think this is a great spot against the Raiders. I think Justin Herbert's going to bounce back. And Tyrone Johnson, you know, he has a super high ceiling. So, you know, if you're an underdog in your fancy playoffs and you, you just need to dart throw at wide receiver – you could certainly do worse than him in deeper leagues. But again, we'll have to see if Mike Williams is ruled out. But I think he's worth uh, just a, a bench stash for now until we uh, until we find out. Ray Bond, who are you high on? So going back to targeting the Texans defense, this time with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Hilton's finally starting to come alive uh, late in the season, which is good to see. But we know he loves playing Houston now. He probably loves playing Houston a little more in their building. We're in Indianapolis, but either way, you're not going to have you know, weather concerns. And in 17 career games uh, against the Houston Texans, Hilton's averaging 5.5 catches for 97 yards uh, and 0.65 touchdowns per game. Uh, and this is a very exploitable uh, Texans defense. They're giving up the six most schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to number one wideouts uh, at 82. Uh, and they rank 31st. Uh, against the position. If you want to consider Hilton the number two and Pittman the number one, well, Houston also ranks 30th uh, against number two wide receivers. This is just a bad defense. Uh, so I have Hilton finally inside the top 30 uh, again this year. I think you could start him as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Texans without number one cornerback, Bradley Roby, and then also without uh, their top perimeter backup in Philip Gaines. So they are especially thin at the cornerback position right now. And uh, one of the things I always love is after, like this happens without question, like every time after T.Y. Hilton plays the Texans, someone will go into Wikipedia and change his profile and say that he's the owner of the Houston Texans. <laughs> 
it's, <laughs> it's simple, but so good. All right, Raybon, uh, totally with you there on, on the Hilton call. Who is someone that you are low on for week 15? So I'm still going to go with, um, I still think DeAndre Hopkins at the fourth highest priced wide receiver is a little bit high. You know, I know Philly's had their struggles lately covering some of the, the top wide receivers, but Hopkins has just been so, you know, up and down this year. Like he'll give you a game like he had last week against the Giants for, you know, nine for 136. Um, but he's also given us a lot of kind of shaky, you know, barely getting to double digit points in, in PPR type of situation. So I think that's a little bit high for, for Hopkins there at, uh, at the fourth highest uh, priced receiver. All right, Sean, who are you low on? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm low on DK Metcalf because he's my wide receiver five, but certainly in DFS, uh, nothing terrifies me more than fading DK Metcalf and GPPs. But I think this week at 8,600 um, against the Washington football team, I think it is warranted. Um, I'm just a bit worried about Russell Wilson in this matchup. Uh, Chase Young is playing out of his freaking mind right now. So I think this is a, a game where Wilson could potentially be sacked four to six times. So he might not have the time he needs to, you know, hit Metcalf for a couple deep balls here. Uh, could be a more quick passing attack. Maybe Tyler Lockett gets more involved. Uh, but I think if, if I had to pick one week to fade DK Metcalf, it'd be this week. But if he goes for 10 catches and 150 yards and two touchdowns, I will be the least surprised person on earth. Uh, and then the, the Rams receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, I'll probably be fading them as well. They're uh, both around 7K. And, you know, they're typically, you know, one of the highest floor ceiling combos in the league. I love playing in them in DFS. But, you know, this week against the Jets, you've talked about it, Freeman. Uh, I could see the game plan just being let's get Cam Akers the ball uh, and move on to Seattle next week. So um, I don't think they're going to want to be too creative and give anything away against their their huge matchup against Seattle in Week 16. So this could be a pretty vanilla run heavy, just boring offense this week. So I'll be staying away from Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Okay, one guy I am low on, and I'm, I'm, I'll just be honest, I'm perpetually low on him. Like, we've, we've talked about him for years on the show. Uh, Keenan Allen, just always low on him. I have to admit, he has a great matchup on Thursday Night Football uh, going against the Raiders in general, and then uh, LaMarcus Joyner in particular in the slot. Great matchup. Uh, it's just the splits with Eckler are concerning. Uh, without Eckler this year, he's had 84.7 yards per game. 0.83 touchdowns per game with Eckler. Those numbers drop to 66.7 yards and 0.43 touchdowns. Uh, since Eckler returned in week 12, uh, Eckler has a 23% target share. Allen has a 22% target share. He's, he's being out targeted by the running back on the team before Eckler's return. Allen had a target share above 30%. So because he's not targeted downfield, uh, Allen really needs heavy, var, uh, heavy target volume. And with a reduced market share, I just, I have to knock him down. He's still a wide receiver too. He could still have a, a great week, but I just feel without that unreal target volume that he was getting uh, with Eckler on the sideline, he has a lower ceiling than he probably, than he previously had. So that's uh that's my take on Allen. And I look forward to being very wrong on Thursday night. Sean, give us the player prop for wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to go with AJ Brown because I, I seem like I'm low on his receiving yards almost every single week. Um, and it's burned me on fancy pros, uh, you know, the ranking contest. So this week, you know, they face Detroit, they're huge favorites. I'm not expecting 
much volume, but I'm still expecting him to go off. So I'm curious to hear where you guys are on his receiving yards. But right now I have him at uh, 76 and a half. I will take the over, but I have it at 79 and a half. So mm. really, really close. Yeah, I'll go over too, but I, I have it at 79. So that's right. That's right where you expect. I think Detroit, you know, as much as I like, uh, I can't ever say this guy's name, but uh, Oru Warrior, their corner, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to cover uh, A.J. Brown. They're number 24 in DVOA versus number one receivers. They are 24th in schedule adjusted yards allowed to number ones at 75 per game. So right in that range, in that 75 to 80 range, I think is where you'd expect most receivers against uh, Detroit and, and they're 30th in, in past DVOA. So with Brown, it's, you know, he's going to, he usually makes these big plays after the catch. So like, even when he gets four receptions, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to have like 40 or 50 yards. So uh, yeah, I'm going closer to 80. NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, let's talk about the tight ends. And uh, I would say normalcy has kind of reestablished itself now that uh, Mark Andrews is back and healthy. So at the top three, we have Kelsey, Waller, Mark Andrews. Uh, I don't think any any big surprises there. Raybon, who are you high on at tight end? So I think still uh, TJ Hawkinson is, is a guy that, you know, you look at the pricing on, on DraftKings and Kelsey's way up there. So um, love Andrews, but then Hawkinson kind of coming in third. And I, th- I think there's a big drop off after that. Um, so like Hawkinson going against the Tennessee Titans, um, you look at the last few games, it's 11 targets, nine targets, eight targets, seven targets, um, four, and then eight and 10. So like even, you know, whether it's been with Patricia, whether it's been with Daryl Bevel, um, we've seen Hawkinson consistently put up numbers. Uh, I think, uh, you know, regardless of the, the quarterback situation, I think he's going to be a guy that you have to target. And Tennessee, you know, you're going against Tennessee, which we just kind of mentioned is a team that can put up a ton of points. And so what you may get from this matchup is a situation where uh, Detroit is playing from behind and that could equal like a lot of garbage time, easy targets for the Titans who rank dead last 32nd in DVOA against tight ends. Sean, who do you like this week? Uh, I think Logan Thomas is pretty sneaky at uh, 4K against the Seahawks this week. I think, you know, people might fade him because they're anticipating uh, Jamal Adams coverage. But, you know, he he still has one of the safest tight end floors, you know, in in DFS. He typically runs a route on 90% of Washington's pass plays, uh, you know, three plus catches in seven of the past eight games. And honestly, outside of the top three at tight end, what more could you ask really from a cheaper tight end? So, um, you know, I, I like Logan Thomas at 4K this week. I think the uh, 
the football team is going to be forced to throw a bit more. And, you know, hopefully Alex Smith is quarterback because I think he loves targeting Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick. But I think those two guys uh, will be key uh, this week for the football team. Okay, I'm, I'm with you there on Logan Thomas. I would say, though, if we're thinking about this from the DFS perspective, I would rather save the $1,000 and drop down to Cole Komet. Uh, and it feels dirty saying that. But uh, I, I honestly think that that's where I am. And I have Komet as a, a low-end tight end one this week. And that probably says more about the tight end position than <laughs> anything else. But, uh, you know, in, in season-long leagues, I think uh, Komet is streamable. He's now clearly the tight end one in Chicago. He's played well ahead of Jimmy Graham over the past month. Uh, he has seven targets in each of the past two weeks. He has 78 yards and a touchdown in that time. It's not easy to find uh, a tight end. Uh, with seven targets a game. Uh, I mean, not to say that you can just randomly project commit to get seven targets, but the fact that he's gotten that in each of the past two weeks is encouraging along with the fact that he's playing such a high percentage of the snaps. So uh, he's a guy that uh, I'm probably going to be looking at for, for DFS if I really decide to pay down at the position, uh, because I don't know if I really see much of a difference between Komet at 3000 on DraftKings and Logan Thomas at 4000 Something to think about when I'm building my, my cash game lineup last minute on Sunday morning. Sean, who are you low on for week 15? Uh, I, I guess I'm low on TJ Hawkinson, even though I agreed... Uh, with pretty much everything Raybon said, you know, he's been my tight end three for weeks now. So um, he's all the way down to tight end six and he's 5,200 on DK. So, you know, I, I just don't see uh, the reason to spend up, but um, I, I think he, he probably does get a downgrade with Chase Daniel under center. They, they failed to connect on two targets last week where it looked like they were kind of out of sync. Um, and then every Tuesday, uh, you know, I have Kenny Galladay making his return. So I give him a few targets <laughs> and it suppresses TJ Hawkinson's, you know, yards, touchdowns. And then by Thursday, when we find out Kenny Galladay is not playing, I remove those uh, targets and TJ Hawkinson goes up. So here, that's where we are right now is my Tuesday morning TJ Hawkinson downgrade. You know, maybe you could just uh, not project Kenny Galladay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be the, uh, you know. I, I'm an optimist, so I, I'm holding out hope. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I feel like this is a trend. Like every week, I'm like TJ Hawkinson. And you're like not TJ Hawkinson, and then like like Thursday, it's like okay. We're yeah, going. by Thursday, I love him. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe with Patricia getting fired, that might inspire Galladay uh, to return. But no, it really does seem like he's he's milking this. So we'll see. All right, uh, Raybon, who are you low on? I'm going with, I feel like this is the same every week. Like me and Sean are on opposite sides. Like he likes, he'll like, uh, he'll hate God, Hawkinson and love Goddard. And I'll hate love is him. a very strong word. Okay. Hate okay. He'll be down on Hawkinson and enough on Goddard and I'll be the opposite. So I'm going back to Goddard. Uh, I just think that, you know, you look at the amount of routes available with this Jalen Hurts run Eagles team and it's just, uh, it's not optimal. And then last week or the last couple of weeks, we've seen Goddard run 68% and 71% of the routes per dropback. So, um, and last week we saw Hertz jump, uh, Ertz, excuse me, jump up to, to 62%. So with that, you know, Goddard is kind of a fringe tight end one for me, just because, you know, we don't know exactly how many routes he's uh, are going to be available with Jalen Hertz dropping back. And then because Hertz is so liable to scramble, um, that kind of gets, there's a lot, even more volatility with that. So um, I, I think Goddard is a guy who I, I'm just being a little bit cautious with. And this Arizona defense has been kind of decent against tight ends. Like they're mediocre in terms of DVOA, but uh, they've allowed the 
seventh fewest uh, schedule adjusted receiving yards uh, to the position at uh, just under 46. So um, not a great matchup considering we have to get two tight ends fed in this one. All right, one guy uh, I am low on is Johnny Smith. Uh, he's number three at the position uh, with eight touchdowns this year. And so much of tight end scoring is driven by touchdowns, but touchdowns are unreliable. They're hard to predict. And Smith has almost nothing else going for him besides the fact that he has scored eight touchdowns. Uh, in the seven games since he was injured uh, in week six, uh, he has just 22 targets, 13 receptions, 124 yards, and only two touchdowns. Uh, over the past three weeks, he's missed one game. In another game, he had zero targets. And in the third game, he had just two targets. I mean, he's, I think, a very talented player. But right now, he's just an entirely supplementary piece to the Titans offense. And with his lack of volume, uh, it's just hard to hope for a touchdown. So he's someone, uh, I mean, whatever, with how, how horrible the tight end landscape is, Sure, he's a, a tight end too, because if he scores a touchdown, he's going to end up being a, a tight end one on the week. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard to hope for a touchdown right now when he's barely being targeted. So down on Johnny. All right. So, so thing because he ran uh, tied for a season high 80% of routes last week and Ferks are dropped. But uh, I, I agree. He's been like the hardest tight end to project because he could run routes and do nothing with them or he could run like half the routes and, and get like two touchdowns. So I, I kind of agree there. It's, it's, it's a lot of volatility. Yeah. Sean, give us the prop. Well, Raybon tipped his hand a bit here, but I'm going with Dallas Goddard receiving yards. Basically because, you know, Raybon mentioned it, he's a fringe tight end one. This is the fancy playoff. So I think he's going to be a very popular sit-start question this week. Obviously, the main concerns are Ertz and Hertz here. So, uh, you know, you know, where are you projecting Hertz and passing yards dictates Goddard here. And then Ertz, you know, we saw his routes run go up to 62%, which is where I think he'll max out the rest of the season. But, like, where do you guys have him projected? Because I have Goddard at uh, over under 41 and a half receiving yards, which, again, puts him at a fringe tight end one and is going to be a very tricky call this week. I'm taking the under. I have it around 38 and a half. Yeah, I'm actually right in line. I have him at 38. Um, so, yeah, he, it's, a, it's a good line. I think he'll end right there. It's just, does he get three catches or does he get four? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have his uh, receptions at 3.6. So, yeah. How about uh, for passing touchdowns, where do you guys have Jalen Hurts set at? Because that does dictate uh, uh, this a bit. But I have him at 1.4. Okay. Yeah, I have 1.4 as well. I have him 1.3. So again, that, that could change, but I do kind of, what I do is I take like scramble percentage and work that into like the team's drop back. So I may be just a little low because I'm projecting like a certain percentage of scrambles, but yeah, I have about uh, 1.3 uh, TDs. Got it. Yeah. I mean, Goddard's probably the most likely guy to, to pass to, to catch a passing touchdown from him, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit lower than uh, Carson Wentz in there. So I, I don't know what to do yet, but yeah, he's he's going to be a tough call later in the week. Sean, how many uh, receiving touchdowns do you have for Goddard? Because I, I agree. I think he um, is the likeliest of all of those guys to uh, to score a touchdown. Yeah, right now I have 0. .3. Okay. I'm way over on that. I have 0. .4, which I guess <laughs> I say way over, but like 0. .43. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's significant when we're talking about just 1.4 yeah, touchdowns to go yeah. around. Because that's – I mean, honestly, he'll probably have to score a touchdown to hit value, but you could say that – about pretty much every tight end outside of Kelsey and Waller. So, uh, you know, that's he's Goddard's kind of lumped in this huge, massive tight end one tier right now. Yeah. All right. How about here's the question. Do 
Are you guys starting Goddard or Janu? Oh, Goddard for Goddard. sure. Yeah. I actually have Janu a little ahead of him, so that's 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 good to know. Interesting. I've stuck with Goddard this far. I'm not going to abandon ship for Janu Smith of all people. In week 15, <laughs> I would just hate myself. Ah, I mean, I, I I hear you, but it's like it goes both ways for me because it's like it's like Janu's running a season high of routes and Goddard's are going down. It's just like seems like a trap. I'm a bit worried about the Titans passing volume. We mentioned that AJ Brown, it doesn't matter. He's going to get a hundred yards anyway, but a guy like Janu, my God, it, you know, if they just attempt 19 passes this week, which is certainly possible, where the hell is Janu going to get his uh, production from? It's got to be a touchdown, right? So rushing, t- um, rushing touchdown. Yeah. Rushing touchdown. <laughs> That's actually a good call. Yeah. If only we could just start Titans tight end and get like all that Michael Pruitt, Jeff Swaim. It was like For one sure. yard touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. So uh, good show. Week, week 15 in the bag. Uh, you can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore odds maker, Chris Raybon and Matt F. The Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Be sure to check out our rankings and Sean's tiers at the Action Network and Raybon's DFS breakdown and my positional breakdowns at Fantasy Labs. And please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on Spotify. See you again next episode. We're finished talking.